Welcome to Dramas with a Side of Kimchi, the fangirl party every drama fan wants to join. Grab your kimchi and face masks and let's chat Asian dramas. I'm K-Drama Jen. I'm CL Kita. And I'm K-Muse. Don't forget that we have a Patreon page. If you are listening and wish that there were more episodes out there, then come check us out on Patreon. We add a bonus episode every month for our Kimchi VIP members. The link is in our show notes. So, um, let's talk about today's topic. Um, some of you that read the blog might remember that about two years ago, Amber and I watched the movie The Witch Part 1, The Subversion. We loved this movie. It was pretty cracktastic. Um, we fell in love with the leading lady. It was our first time seeing her. It has Choi Woo Shik. We were totally on board. So about three weeks ago, we were doing another podcast and we got sidetracked talking about this movie because it's on Netflix now. So today we are here with the lovely K-Drama Jen, who we peer pressured into watching with us. And you know, peer pressure is the way that this podcast and the blog works. We all watch things because somebody else said, oh, hey, you, you should watch this. You certainly um, did not twist my arm. It was it was no problem. I, you know, I was sick. Hello. Yeah, I was. A so, really- so let's talk about what this movie is about. We have a young girl. Her name is Jay Yoon. And she has lived with her parents. They're her adoptive parents since she was about seven or eight she was found in the woods she has no memory and she has just grown up in this this little normal family the darling of the community and then one day she hits the big time and her singing ability puts her on television and after that strange things start happening um Phone calls where no one's there. Basically, everything turns upside down and nothing is what it seems. And so the show opens with some people who are murdering just a bunch of children, it looks like. And it's completely like, I I didn't even know what I was watching, Um, but I was immediately sucked in. And so this opening sequence has just this brutal murder of and blood everywhere. And then these two children uh, who are like running away from, from some adults. And I just, the beginning part, I, I couldn't, I couldn't look away. In fact, one of my, my daughter came in at the same time and uh, sat down and we just, we were drawn to the screen and we couldn't stop watching. That certainly drew me in. How about you, Siokita? Well, it starts off and and it's like an orphanage or an institution or something. And there's there's so much blood. And you hear the sound of a child breathing heavily and running. And, and you see this kid running. And I didn't even realize there were two kids at first. As they're running, you notice that um, there's a little girl. But you also see them. They've drug a little boy back. So there's a little boy and I kept waiting the whole time, you know, sure, you know, they're going to, they're going to take this little boy out. I just knew it. The whole fact that they start the movie with the horrific image of children just being bludgeoned to death. And there's a teddy bear 
And this teddy bear has a picture of this little girl and she's being held by the woman that's standing there ordering all these kids to be killed. It's just, it's sickening. Your, your stomach is just in knots and it's horrible. You just can't look away. And that just set the tone for the entire movie. You just can't look away. I have to agree. It's really interesting because they there is a lot of blood. For those of you that are planning to watch this, be aware there is definitely a lot of blood. But the performances and the characters are so good, it almost distracts you from the gore. It starts just right from the beginning when these kids have been mass murdered and you're just wondering what's going to happen. And this girl, she passes out in a field. She finds this couple to, I'm assuming they can't have kids, and they adopt her and raise her up as their own. And she seems to have amnesia. Or just she's suppressed these horrible memories. So she's growing up on this farm. It seems to be she's normal, grown hometown girl. And it's a really interesting start to the story. I think that we need to talk about how there's really only one actress that could do this. And it's an actress we didn't even know existed until this movie came out. Kim Demi... This was her breakout performance. She's nailed it. I mean, I, I don't know where she came from, but as soon as I saw this movie, I started looking for her. And whenever Itaewon class came out, I know that Amber and I were both like, we're watching it for her. We're watching it for her. I 100% agree. She is an amazing actress. One of those actresses that gets so in character that it doesn't break your reality from the character ever. Like, you totally buy that she's this traumatized girl who's living this normal, you know, everyday life. It's, she's stupendous. I would say she's one of the top five best actresses, hands down, in all of Korea. And for me, I first saw her in Itaewon class and was so impressed with her in that. And uh, Kim Yu's and Siokita kept saying, like, oh, she's the actress from The Witch. Uh, so that's part of the reason why it was not difficult for me to decide to watch this. Uh, she's fantastic. And just then, after seeing her as a more mature actress in Itaewon class compared to where she started. Um, you can see, though, that just she has natural, natural talent. Um, she just nailed this role. It was amazing. So Choi Wushik is our male lead. It's in a different kind of character than we're used to seeing him. He's a, well, mass murderer and a little <laughs> mentally disturbed, and he has psychic powers I just thought it was interesting when I was researching for this podcast that Lee Jung-suk had originally been offered this role, but he turned it down, which I'm actually glad for because I can't imagine Choi Wushik not being this character. Mm. 
And I am a huge Ejun Suk fan. I think most people know that, but I agree. I don't think that he would have done it in quite the same way. What I like about Chulu Sheik is that he always surprises me. He is, he's not a typical, like, he doesn't get typecast into roles. He, this is something where he's, he's the bad guy and he does this so, so well, but like, he's always impressed me. And, you know, anyone who saw Parasite would have seen all of his acting ability there too. But yeah, I agree. He's amazing. He will always be Hogu to me. <laughs> and that will always be my absolute favorite role that he has taken. But that's what makes him phenomenal because he goes from being this this puppy in Hogu's love and then you watch him and he's not typecast he is diabolical and the way that he and his English is impeccable because he's Canadian so he that he actually goes back and forth between Korean and English because supposedly his character is American. And he just is so delightfully creepy in this role. It's like you're so attracted to him and you're so scared of him. And I want to give another little plug that if you like how he was in this role, you might give the movie The Matchmaker a chance. It's one that was released a couple of years ago, and his character in that is one that is a little bit of, well, I won't give too much away, but you might check out The Matchmaker. I love that this is like the fourth movie review we've done for the podcast, and he's in all of them. (laughs) Uh, Train to Busan, he's in Parasite. Make that fifth, because we did Train to Busan, Parasite, we did the one... Where they're being hunted. That's on Netflix. I don't remember the name. And then oh. he was in the hot priest one with what's his name from Ituan class. Park Sejun. Yeah, Park Sejun. So this is the fifth movie we've talked about on the podcast that he's been involved in. So obviously. We have a Choi Wushik fetish, so I, apparently I'm gonna just I, I I'm in love. I'm in love. That's all I can say is I'm in love. He's talented. He's the whole package, and he's got hot friends. Yes. yes. Hey, he has a new. I'm sorry. I just was googling. They have a, there's a new uh, variety show called Summer Vacation, and it has Park So Joon, and he's joined by Choi Wushik. Yeah, well, maybe we're um, gonna have to do that. Put that on the list. And Jung Yumi. Put it on the list. <gasps> They're gonna be shirtless. It says summer. <laughs> well, you never know. They might keep those nippies covered. <laughs> Amber, don't be a killjoy. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Free the nippies. Hashtag free the nippies. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Don't break her. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. I'm looking at a, a preview and I see a beach scene and they are in the water and they Nippies! have no shirts. Yes! Shirtless scene. <gasps> Live action shirtless scene. There he is. Um, he's in like an inner tube or something. 
Okay. Right. You're going to need to link me on that. And yeah. um, hashtag free the nip Free the nip piece. <laughs> I think we need that on a t shirt. <laughs> no, no, I can't wear that. <laughs> Everyone will think I didn't mean mine. Maybe a face I mask. <laughs> I can't breathe. Y'all stop. Oh my okay. God. Okay, wait a minute. So it's Carrie the Machne who is in charge of our, our swag, right? So let's have her make facing hashtag free the nippies on anything. <laughs> oh wow. So I'm Layla. On the count of three, I think we should nominate someone to talk to the Machne about it. One, two, three. Give me it. it. <laughs> okay. We have totally gotten off track. We are in the middle of this horrendous, like, killing of children. And then, oh, yeah, we talked about Kim Dami and Trey Bushik. And whew. there are no shirtless scenes in this movie. No, no, there's not. Nope. So, um, Kamees, did you want to talk about Choi Bushik's hair in this? That's in the future. Didn't oh, you read the outline? There's a whole segment. I'm Just so his sorry. Hair. It, it, it specifically says in your outline, mention his hair. hair. <laughs> Don't worry. Guess, it gets mentioned in detail. Then let's move on. Back Ooh. to the specifics of the story. So we have uh, Jia Yun is competing in a singing competition. So she's super talented as a singer, but she also has a talent. And because she uses her talent on television it sort of gets on the radar of the bad guys. I remember watching that and thinking, oh, honey, what are you doing? Like, what is this? She's not doing it for fame. She's doing this because both of her parents are ill. The first scene that we see in modern time is her trying to convince the feedlot to let her have cow feed. And her family has hit a hard time. Everyone has hit a hard time. So she is looking at this and her friend points out to her, which she has the best, best friend ever. She points out to her, hey, this would solve all your family's problems. She decides to sign up for this because the prize would pay for all their bills. It would pay for her mom's hospital bills. Her mother is having a problem with dementia. I think that we need to to look at this and it's basically just small town girl trying to trying to help her family out and she has a little superpower that kind of you know little little party favor there i was so confused at the beginning because i was just kind of like what are you doing on national tv and Mm -hmm. hypothetically at this point we still think she has amnesia so it's in my mind i'm just like oh girl this is going to not end well sure enough bad guys see her and their radar pings, things happen. I don't know what I want to say. Yeah, pings happened. Bad guys showed up. Wuxi's hair was glorious. So, yeah. All right. You, you just covered two complete and total plot points. <laughs> so That's we're going to backtrack. We we're going to backtrack and talk about uh, Ja Yoon's supernatural powers that she shows on national TV. So it's telekinesis, right? Yeah. Okay. She can make things and float. Does anybody 
just think that people's reactions weren't quite as extreme as they should have been. I mean, have we become that immune to things like this? I think it was funny because I was like, okay, the people on TV probably think it's some kind of magic show. Mm-hmm. But what about the people that are there watching her and no one blinks? No one's like, where's the wires? How did this just happen? <laughs> you know, they all act like, ah, oh, la-di-da, look how talented she is. You know, how are we going to use her talents? And it's just like, oh, dear heavens. <laughs> yeah, that was, I agree that um, I just didn't think that they really reacted in the way that I would have reacted. But then again, you know, by now, maybe we're all immune to like the all the variety shows where they come out and have fancy tricks that they can do. And you never know. I mean, maybe it's lasers or, you know, <laughs> video or mirrors <laughs> or yeah, who knows? So the time has come, my friends, where we need to just discuss one of the most important aspects of this movie, and that's Choi Wushik's hair, which was fabulous. And I have a funny story that goes along with this, because many years ago we did this review, and of course we discussed his hair, and my oldest daughter had a boyfriend And I don't know if he was just trying to get brownie points, but my daughter was like, I roll, my mom does a blog for Asian television. So he, on his own, goes hunts down the blog, and the the post he looks at, he is this review that we did, and he's looking up all serious, he's all like, you really like that guy's hair. But the movie sounds really good, too. <laughs> I was slightly embarrassed. So uh, that's awesome. As you promised, we did end up talking about hair, about his hair later on. So I'm happy to hear that. Yes. It was so, perfect. Like, don't, wow. I, I'm just going to say that that length of hair in his eyes, you look at him and you see a hottie with a little bit of curl to it. It's it's really, really flattering on him. And then he gives you this kind of crazy look that takes him from hottie to crazy guy. And I kind of dig that. The crazy guy look really works for him. It does. It, it, it really, really does. does. So... Bad guys. We have a bunch of different bad guys. So we have mm-hmm. sort of a set of bad guys who are coming to, they're, they're coming after uh, Jayun's, looks like they're coming after her family. Um, and then we have the Choi Wushik kind of group. So what are your thoughts about our bad guys? We have what appear to be the same group of people, but warring factions Mm -hmm. you have the korean crew that have not they they lost this kid and now she showed up on tv so they've brought in extra help from america i i think that it's delightful when you have bad guys that are not working together Mm -hmm. so you have this whole added element of 
they're fighting among themselves and they're trying to to go after her. So I think that if we didn't have that, it would have been a little bit more boring. They they were kind of underwhelming, except for Choi Wushik and the the creator lady. Oh, and guy with the black hand. Guy, what was the deal with black hand? I have no clue. It was very confusing. Say that again. The guy oh. with the black hand. She did it to him. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I forgot about. Yeah. No so, wonder he hated her. Mm-hmm. So I I think that you know the bad guys they were trying to recapture her, and I and I think that. Whenever you have something like that, where they're just trying to bring back a product, because that's the way that they viewed her, really, Black Hand was the only, Black Hand and Wushik were the only one who had an emotional investment. So those were the ones that, that I really, I guess, liked. I'm never a huge fan of the community bad guy, because it was definitely a just massive group. I tend to like just one or two bad guys and there being clear plot points. And when it, hot. Sorry. And hot. Yes. I just have to put that hot, in. Cause, hot. <clears throat> so hot when it evil comes, bad guys is the KMU's uh, calling I, card. I do love hot gut bad guys. Which is but why did, Choi Wushik is the only one I cared about. Yes. Yeah. So. But did anybody else think that the policeman was going to be a bad guy? Because he always plays a bad guy. That's Her best true. friend's dad. He yeah. always plays a bad guy, and I'm like, oh, he's it. He's he's he is. It's gonna happen. He's gonna be a part of it. I kept expecting him to die. <laughs> For sure, and his daughter. I'm surprised that everybody lived. To be honest, that was that was interesting, but I guess they didn't need that plot device. <laughs> Let's talk about this razor. And if you kept expecting the best friend to accidentally get killed in her place. Uh, can I tell you guys a conspiracy theory? Go for okay. it. <laughs> I, I think that more people were aware that something wasn't right with her. Like that she wasn't an average high school girl because her friend was really, really protective of her. And even when everything happened, and they're standing on the landing and she's going towards her friend and her friend is scared to death and shaking her head no. Her friend is shaking her head no because she knows more people are in the house. Not because she's scared of her. And so I feel like she went into this with the knowledge that Jayun had an ability and that some thing was happening i just i'm probably wrong but as i did my second watch it really felt like she she took things way too well having grown up in a small town there are no secrets so if she was out like killing cattle or whatever it was that she was doing when she was young there's no way that people didn't know so i think that i think you're probably right i think that people knew more Maybe not the extent of what was going on with her, but I think that there was a protectiveness because she was everyone's golden child. She was smartest and the most talented and all of that. And she took really good care of her parents. Everyone probably knew she had amnesia. So I think that you're right. I think that I just feel like the community probably knew a little bit more than they were letting on. 
And the loyalty they felt towards her, she did not manipulate. Yeah. No, she was really as honest as she could be to an extent. I mean, obviously, we later learned that she's very manipulative and broken, but still. But she took, I mean, like, her, they were all loyal to her. And it was just a different level of loyalty because you feel like she can go home. Yeah. Like, if everything was done, I could see her going back. Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of made me feel, do you guys remember the movie The Long Kiss Goodnight? No. It had Gina Davis. And, and like, she had a family with kids and she was an right. assassin. Yeah. Right. Vaguely. It made it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of that. You kind of see that I like these kind of movies. <laughs> Which brings us to our next point. There's a point where the bad guys infiltrate her house and they have her best friend with a knife to her neck. And the bad guys are screaming, admit who you are, blah, 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 bad guy banter. And she's just terrified and shaken and acting confused. And then it less than a millisecond, her whole being changes and she murders six, six, seven people. What do we think about that? <laughs> I have to say that that was where I had I not already had quite an affection for this actress. I would have been completely on board because she just instantly changed every all her mannerisms, the look in her eyes like. She went from being like scared and frightened and and I almost believed that she really had amnesia. And then suddenly she just went into action. It was amazing. It was it was such a powerful scene, but it was shocking because I wasn't expecting her to, you know, like I still thought that like maybe her instincts would kick in later or I just believed that she, you know, she still had this amnesia and turns out that she really didn't she was she has been playing it and that was crazy i liked that she tried to keep her facade in place as long as possible to protect the other people in the house but the moment they had bestie with a knife at her neck and things were getting serious she dropped the curtain and mm -hmm. just absolutely destroyed them again it goes back to the way that they've created her relationships with the the people her her parents and her best friend said her best friend stood there and was shaking her head no at her because she knew that more people were in the house she was not afraid of her and she should have been if i had seen my best friend suddenly just mincemeat some guy's face to a bloody pulp, I'd be disturbed. The ability of her to just turn on a dime, the moment that she realized that she was going to have to destroy everyone, she did. And it was beautiful. And it was bloody. And it was it was just weird <laughs> for liking these things. <laughs> I'm right there with you. Mm, me too. And again, it was Kim Dummy's acting that was just whew, amazing. Amazing. Well, it's due to her acting that I was blindsided. I was not expecting that at all. Right. And it's like, holy crap, what just happened? 
she had me so believing she was this innocent character, like no doubt in my head that it's just like, bam, I am side blinded with this. One of the things that I remember Amber and I talking about when we very first watched this movie is Kim Demi has a very natural look. Her her face is she's able to convey so many different emotions and her eyes she's she's got this wide-eyed innocence and then she's flirty or she's deadly. And not a lot of actresses have that ability to use facial expressions like she does. It, it really, that's one of the things that I remember us talking about a lot was just that she had this amazing ability to, to use facial expressions. So, enough on that. Jiayun is captured, is she really, and forced <laughs> back into the secret lab that she escaped when she was a child. They have her in a room, you know, they're watching her through the window. It's, it's mad scientist 101. And she's been having these headaches and nosebleeds and she's been to a doctor and the doctor basically has told her that she's dying. She's going to need to have a, um, I think it's a stem cell transplant or, or some kind of something to help to keep her alive when she's in this chair, they know, they already know that she's breaking down and they've got what they need to inject into her to make her ride as rain. They're putting in um, the serum to help keep her brain from imploding. And y'all, that's a whole reason why she went on TV. She wanted them to find her because she couldn't find them. And it's this huge plot twist, huge plot twist that you don't even see coming because she's still kind of scared in the chair. And then all of a sudden they're like, you are now able to use all of your powers. And she goes berserk. And murders a lot of people. (laughs) It's pretty glorious. It was amazing. Oh, yeah. I did totally didn't see that coming. And she had long term planned this. She goes and murders so many bad guys, including the lady that had traumatized her as a baby. And it was glorious. And she's like stronger than everyone. So they were idiots. (laughs) And for me, the I was in shock because this is where we discover that she really had planned this from the time she was like six years old because she had been not this part, not to go get the serum or whatever, but just you get to see how she found parents that she knew would be a good fit and how she, I mean, like I started to think, wow, she's kind of diabolical, but you can see like brilliant, just brilliant. I was, I was in shock. Like I, this is when I was like, what? It was great. It was such a good plot twist. So um, just to mention to people, total spoilers in this review. We probably should say that up at the front, but. Um, <laughs> that is that surprise is just a big spoiler, though? As she goes kind of revenge on everyone, 
we got some really awesome action sequences. Does the super special psychic abilities really add to the fight scenes, or is it just the fighting alone works for us? What do you guys think? Mm. I have to say that the um, the action sequences were just awesome, like because especially all of the younger. I guess it's the American crew um, of the kids that have grown up and have these super abilities and like no emotion. The stuff that they did was just crazy and they would just kill people with no remorse, no second thought. And then you have this girl who I had been thinking was the sweet and innocent, you know, small town girl. And she can just take people out in an instant. It's, it's really good, especially combined with all of their, psychic abilities i thought it really added to it it was fun it was amazing especially because we have the showdown between um the two characters and i you know i'm i'm gonna just say it i'm really glad we didn't go for a romance there was no romance a part of me kept expecting them to do that because i've been conditioned Mm -hmm. that we have to have romance and that really should have some right Right, right. On all levels. Uh, I I just, a part of me kept wondering if they were in it together. I mean, that's the beauty of this, is that you spend so much time trying to figure out what the heck just happened Mm -hmm. and what's going to happen next. And you can't. It's well written. Again, today was my second watch. And it was just, it's just one of those really well written shows. I agree. I thought that the um, I in the back of my mind, I thought that they might have like paled up together and that planned this from the beginning because didn't he escape with her? Like, yes, or... and he was caught. Yes. Yeah, because he was the little boy that they drugged back. Yes. And there was that great scene on the train where he's trying to decide oh. if she remembered him. Yes. Like it was brilliant mm-hmm. now i kind of want them in a move or a drama or a movie together because their chemistry was superb yeah yes it yeah. really was just yes. not this one like if you've stabbed someone or tried to murder them multiple times romance isn't gonna work so. although in it's okay to not be okay you know she stabbed him so i, I actually could see these two characters playing in that show uh, I just watched it, and so it's fresh in my mind. But <laughs> I could see Choi Bushik and uh, Kim Dami playing those two roles, that the two lead roles, and it's okay to not be okay. And I think they would do amazing. Yeah, I have um, to agree. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, so death of the bad guys. Will we miss any of them? So Choi Bushik, yeah. I kind of wanted. I don't know. I liked that that he challenged her and she was still better. You know, I loved I loved that part, but um, I did kind of like him. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm going to miss him, but I'm going to miss Ponytail Girl. Ponytail mm-hmm. Girl was, she was, um, she, she like took it personal. She was very badass and she took it personal and she did not like at all that this, that this was a, um, premium model and made her look like a sub-premium model, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I felt like the bad guys, you know, 
they're they may not have been fully developed, but they were developed enough to where you could have continued watching if they had not died when they died. I yeah. liked Ponytail Boy, like the one. Oh, in the- top knot. Oh, top knot. Hot. Top knot. Yeah, top knot. <laughs> he was hot. Well, that whole team, I really yes. enjoyed that team that they sent after her, uh, made of the broken psychic people that they've created. That whole team was really good. I don't miss the big bad organization. We're going to mass make traumatized kids thing. You know, they yeah. can all die. I don't care. We end with hopefully a second movie coming in the series. Okay, guys, there needs to be a second movie. I mean, I don't know where we are on this. I realize that the world is in turmoil, but I need her to continue on. She is the best hero, anti-hero. I, I, I really like this. It has that superhero feel to it. It needs to go on, especially whenever now we've got doppelgangers or no sisters. I don't know what they are because <laughs> the um, the lady at the lab that she was at that she killed has a sister that looks identical to her at headquarters. Which is so. Weird. Yeah. So I feel like. There's probably more to the story that that we could we could see some more, and you know who 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 else could we pull out to be a hot bad guy, or maybe it could turn into a romance. Don't want it though. Kind of like it like it is. E Jing Suk will be back. <laughs> yeah, true, true. You could come back, and you know, and I think that it said maybe 2021 is when they were thinking they could have a part two, which um, it's probably I'm good 2022, maybe. Yeah. Now. Probably now, now that we're, um, things have changed a bit, but I don't see her being able to have a productive relationship, like romance. I mean, it's going to take somebody really strong to be able to heal her a little bit. Kill she's her heart, broken. But she is yeah. broken. But All I'm right. looking forward to it if there is one. Agreed. Final thoughts and would we recommend... Well, duh, you already did. I know, I know. I totally would recommend this. With the exception, if you can't handle some violent gore, don't watch this because there's a lot. Like, it <laughs> it distracts you from it, but it's still there. It's oh, really, sure. really well done violent gore, though. It is. But for sure, if you are somebody who can't handle, like, a lot of blood or a lot of intensity in the because we we do have listeners and readers who prefer shows that don't have that level of like on your seat intensity and so if you can't handle that then this is not a good show for you um listen to some of our other recommendations for other types of shows but not this one this is it's listed as asian horror so it's designed to feel like a horror movie i'm gonna say that the rewatch value on this is high it is um I I was pleasantly surprised with my rewatch this morning. I was still just as on the edge of my seat. It's different than what we normally see. I don't watch a lot of movies. I watch more dramas. 
and this didn't feel cookie cutter and it had the plot twist and it was just delightful. And I've been watching a lot of unsolved mysteries. <laughs> and so I was like, this is right up my alley right now. That's well, awesome. and I really liked on the rewatch that I could focus in on her performance more. Because it wasn't, mm. I yes. wasn't distracted by the big plot twists. I could really just see how talented these two actors are. Just be impressed. So, very good. That is awesome. Yeah, I think we would all recommend. And I know the two of you did recommend. So Yeah, we did. Yeah. So on that note, thanks for joining us for this episode. Feel free to send us your thoughts and feelings about the podcast. If there's a specific actor or theme that you'd like us to discuss, then just let us know. We love blogging about Asian dramas, but behind the scenes, we have so much more to say and we want to share it with you. And talking is so much faster than typing. 